Hi, this is Michelle Pintado with Open Door Talk, and I have Jessica Stewart here with me today. I'm so excited. But first, let me ask you, did you hear a little bit about me and a little bit about identity? If you didn't, can you go back and listen to it? I am all about storytelling, and it's all about connecting the dots for me. And so it's so important that you listen to all the episodes so you can get to know me, get to understand my story, but also I'm bringing you the tools that you need, and I know that they will be helpful in education and bringing prevention. So here we go. Jessica is in the building. Go ahead, Jessica, introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, for having me. You know, like she said, I am Jessica Stewart. I am a licensed associate professional counselor and creator of Beauty in the Balance LLC. And I'm so excited to be here today with you, Michelle, and for what we're about to talk about. <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. So today we're talking about Let's Talk Identity. I think it was over a month ago, I started outlining who was going to be in my podcast and would share some great knowledge and great experiences. And Jessica was definitely one of those people for me. But she's also a person that I work with. We collaborate often. And when we have ideas, we take the time to sit down and just work. So this is my work buddy right here. I'm excited that she's going to be sharing some of her experiences and her identity and her background. So let's get started. I'm just going to jump in. Jump in. Jump in. (laughs) So just a little bit about me. So I was born here in Georgia and I am the child of two Nigerian immigrants. So I am Nigerian and I'm what you call like a third culture kid. And what that means is that raised in the States and raised in American culture, but raised at home in Nigerian culture. Um, And how that just, you know, influenced me was, you know, just a little bit of confusion. Like, you know, who am I? What does this mean? So you go to school and you're trying to be like the kids at school. You go home and your parents are like, you know, you're not like those kids, you're Nigerian. So growing up, my relationship with my parents wasn't always the best. They, I was raised in a pretty authoritarian, so strict. And sometimes I was like, is this just our culture? Or is this just my parents? And you know, something about Nigerians, we like to joke and say our love language is insults. And like, you got to have tough skin when you meet a Nigerian person, um, because you know, we will tell you about yourself. You gain some weight and you say you're fat, you know, like just all those types of things. And it's both the things that makes us strong and makes us need therapy. (laughs) You know, that's just very real right there. That's very real. And, you know, if you guys had heard my episode from last week, I talked a little bit about that because ironically, I was in the same type of culture and a little different because I know I'm not from Nigeria, but my parents are from Dominican Republic. And Jessica and I always find those like haha moments with the same common things that happen in our family cultures and the experiences because, you know, culture is culture, right? And if you've heard us several weeks back, I talked a little bit about my dad and his way of interacting with me. I think that my dad just didn't have the proper knowledge to understand that there was a gift in me at the time. And instead of him seeing that it was just, she's talking all day, all night. Instead, if he had the knowledge and he had been aware, he could have said, man, she's going to pour into people's lives. And she sounds like she's a social worker or she sounds like she's a therapist. But because he didn't have that awareness and that knowledge. Again, I don't guilt him for that. I don't point fingers at him. I know that that was just what he knew to express himself. But it goes back to family sometimes like they don't have any filter. 
Yeah, definitely. I totally get that. I love how you explained how, you know, he just may not have known like how to connect with you in that way. And as like an adult, I'm able to like reflect and look back and say, you know, there's just like a saying that our parents did the best they could with what they had. And so while that still may like leave scars and wounds, I understood that in our culture, you know, talking about emotions was a Western thing. That was an American thing growing up was that I was someone who's a deep feeler. And then when I felt something, I said it. And so, you know, that was just not always something that was looked highly upon in our culture. And so that led me to often feel silenced and unheard and caused a lot of pain in my relationship with my parents. And then also just the spiritual dynamic in Nigeria, there are two main faith practices, Islam and Christianity. And my parents were um, Christians and raised us up in that faith background. And so sometimes there was no space for me like within the household to decide who am I? What parts of this do I want to keep and what parts do I want to um, leave until I got to college when I decided like, hey, I'm going to unpack like who I I am. What is my faith? Like, what is my culture? Some things were specific to my own parents' family of origin issues and their own trauma. And then some things were cultural things. And I got that chance to unpack that in my college years. And in our culture, we're not very affectionate with our language. The way that you get affection is by doing good things. And so you get straight A's, education is big, you get your degree, clean the house, you do what you're affected. And that's the way that I got, you know, affection from my parents and I learned how to do. So that started to play out how I acted out like my faith was, oh, I have to do good. I have to be good. I have to do all these things in order to get, you know, this affection from God. And and that's how I viewed it growing up. Because of this relationship with my parents, it started to really shape how I viewed God. And until I came into my own and I was willing to unlearn and take off a lot and unpack, like, what does my relationship with God really mean to me? What does this connection mean to me? And how am I taking some of these wounds from my parents and then putting them on God as if like they're the same people? It both gave me a lot of empathy for my parents and some of the stuff that they went through and understanding their trauma, but it also helped me to differentiate between the two and start to learn that. And some of that happened when I decided like halfway through my sophomore semester in college, like I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. Um, I want to do psychology. I love the mind. I love emotions. So I want to do this counseling thing. And my faith really started to influence how I want to work, how I want to get trained. I want to be able to sit with any type of person. Like what if they have a spiritual background, I want to be able to implement that into the counseling room if they don't. And I want to be able to sit with them and work on their goals. And so that really, really impacted how I even decided to go into my profession. I'm really big on be willing to explore the wholeness of who you are, your identity, because our emotions and our feelings and our wounds and our trauma, it impacts our spirituality and how we see the world. It impacts our relationships with friends and loved ones. It does. And one of the things you mentioned about the impact with our families, and then also trying to kind of meet their expectation in a sense. So I know that you mentioned I was working on becoming a doctor because these were the expectations in your family household. And then midway through, you decided I'm going to go ahead and just be a counselor because that's who I am. I remember when I had decided from the beginning that I was going to pursue a human services field and social work. And I think the third semester or fourth semester, I decided I'm going to be a nurse because I feel that that's harder, that's challenging, and maybe I'll be respected more. And I think that maybe came from those wounds that I had as a child. So my question to you 
is, did you feel like you needed to be a doctor or become a doctor because of your parents and their expectations or because of your own expectations? I would say it was a combination of both. My mom will always talk about like how like in the second grade I wrote like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. And I knew I always wanted to help people. And like, I always wanted to connect with people. I just didn't, in, in my head, well, yeah, you'd be a doctor if you want to help someone. So there was some of that was like me. I had a desire to help others. Like I wanted to be a helping professional, um, but I didn't know all the things. And that's also what was encouraged. Like, okay, well, if you want to be a doctor, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go to med school. Um, that makes the most sense. So there was some of that pressure also from them. Cause even when I decided to drop the pre-med thing, like it was a whole <laughs> anxiety producing situation when I just said, I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. And I even held on to the pre-med title. I was like, I'll be psychology pre-med. I did it for a whole semester. And <laughs> I was like, I, you have to really ask yourself, like, is this what you want or is there literally are you holding on to a name and a title something behind you and so some of it was like oh it sounds good to say like dr jessica and some of it was like well what will my parents think i would say it was a combination of both and i tied it to my work if i can accomplish this then i'm dope like (laughs) i like i can do all these things so it was both hearing their voices and my own voice and then somehow attaching it to my work you know it's funny because even when I completed my master's degree, I did not think I was this dope social worker. And it's all really connected to the way that I viewed myself because of those wounds that I had. It wasn't until I started forming that relationship with God. Identity, I always tell people when I educate them on like identity is something that's fluid and not static, meaning that it's a culmination of things. My faith is what is the one thing that is static and it kind of like is the firm stance of like, you know, this is a part of who I am and God cares about all these different parts of me, these experiences that I've went through. He cares about, you know, the trainings that I have, the emotions that I feel, like he cares about this whole person and not just parts of me and not just parts that other people have deemed to be great or greater than another part of me. So my root is definitely in my faith. And that's the firm thing that I can keep going back to that never changes. Yet even within my faith, there's been things that I've unpacked and unlearned. There have been ways that like I've grown and things that I've taken with me and, you know, let go. And just knowing that God is big enough (laughs) to, you know, care about all of Jessica and not just pieces of hers. While there may be cultural things that I love, from my culture like all day if you see me like around like other Nigerians be like yeah like that's us that's what we do I'll also be honest about like you know our struggles I'll be honest about the stigmas and the things that make you feel like you don't fit here you don't belong and so knowing what things that you want to hold on even when it comes to your culture even when it comes to your faith because your faith is connected to you know your cultural experience and so if you're not doing self-exploration you were literally just operating as a robot and taking all the messages and the viewpoints and beliefs of everybody and just taking it on your back and never knowing who am I actually and so I really believe in that work How did you determine the differences from being this good girl that you were expected to be, then you explored your own identity, and then coming to terms with, okay, God and faith, and who are you then? Well, I think that the biggest thing that helped me to differentiate the two was learning that I needed to stop defining myself by the things that I do and start to define myself by who I am. My actions were always the thing that I would try to connect to, like, um, I'm doing this, I'm 
getting this grade, I'm getting this degree, I'm doing this, I'm helping this person in this way. So therefore I am a good person. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to let go of like all these actions of defining myself and then just trusting that, you know, you are worthy because you're a human being. You have human dignity. From my faith, my belief is that you are worthy simply because he, you know, created you, formed you in his image and he loves you. And so like being able to decide like, hey, I'm going to stop making myself or trying to prove myself to be worthy and simply like know that, you know, I am simply because he says I am, but also just knowing that we as humans, like there is human dignity. And so there is worth and value in everyone. And so like, regardless of like your, you know, your faith background, not like you worthy simply because you are human. And so um, like understanding those differences, and I know sometimes that would probably take us to a whole nother conversation, but I think mm-hmm. that, you know, having to understand, you know, basic human dignity um, and knowing that to stop proving your worth through your doing. If I am connected to a doing, then when it's gone, then I'm lost. Trying not to connect yourself to a season, to a job, to um, an accomplishment, to a failure, because things change. Recognizing that, that reality that like these things don't stay the same. What does in my life? What do I believe stays the same? My faith in God stays the same. So that's where I like, that's my foundation. It's not about the doing. So do you think it's more about the being? And just being you, being who you are in the essence of that, good, bad, ugly. Yeah, I believe that in the being, when we're our true authentic selves, we learn about why we are where we are. And I like that's the thing that I encourage people in all the time is that you keep trying to perform. Um, and so it keeps you in this active performance and you never learn who you actually are. But when you are just being and you're being your raw, natural self, then you can look at yourself for who you actually are and decide, is this what I want to continue to be? Do I want to continue to be you know, this person, X, Y, Z? But you'll never be able to ask yourself that if you don't even know who you are to begin with. Um, So I do believe like that starting point comes from just being, you know, who you are authentically, take your mask off. And it's hard because we are in a performative world. So I'm not saying that this is easy. I'm not saying that I got it all figured out. I'm saying that that is the goal is that we're taking our mask off. We're showing up as who we are. And then we're deciding where we want to go from there. I think it's fair to say that if you perform all the time, you'll never be fully satisfied. Because you're always going to fail at something. Something is always going to give out. There is no way that you can be perfect all the time. When it comes to just being, when you can really grasp and accept the entire part of you, then that, it's more freeing. If you're listening, this is not about you going to church. Trust me when I tell you, this is not about (laughs) you going to church. This is about discovering your identity. And spirituality has a lot to do with that because I've said this before, we're a body, we have a spirit, and we have a soul and a mind. The essence of that is found in spirituality. And if you don't have any higher power you believe in, I encourage you to dig a little deeper. And it may not be Christianity, it could be something else, but find your way to discovering who that is and discovering who you are. If there was somebody right now listening and they felt like, But how can God love me when I've done so many bad things? How can God love me when I don't even love myself? How can God love me when I don't know who I am? What can you tell them, Jess? The good thing is is that God doesn't require you to know who you are to love you first. The reality is that it all starts with him. 
is that, you know, that takes the weight off, that takes the pressure off from the performance, that he knows you, that he created you. He chose to love you knowing everything that you were going to do and everything that you have already done and has and chose to, you know, send his son and all those things. And so, and that's what we're all fighting for is like this being accepted fully for who we are, where we are right now. We want people to show us that. And so God is here and he knows you and he sees you um, and he's not waiting for your performance because there's honestly nothing that you're going to do that's going to impress him, you know, so greatly because he's literally God. Like, I mean, right. just be logical. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he knows all these things and he's chosen to love you, you know, despite that. Um, that would be my answer to all of those questions is that, you know, it starts with him. He chose to love you first. Thank you, Jessica, again. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Jessica because I totally skipped that in the beginning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Stewart is founder and owner of Beauty and the Balance LLC here in Georgia. Please go to her Instagram handle, Beauty and the Balance LLC. She is phenomenal and so creative. She's also a facilitator for workshops for women of color. She really prides herself in creating and bringing awareness and educating others. Jessica is an associate professional counselor. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining my podcast. This is Michelle Pintado with Open Door Talk.